your babies in the background yeah let me let me turn them down i muted it okay 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 (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i don't think we're gonna say anything no i just i wanted to make sure i did pg right right sometimes i say testicles and stuff (laughs) no it's muted but they they can't hear me anyway i have to like scream when i want someone's attention (laughs) so yeah oh you're in the hospital right now you're doing your time Yes, that's right. Biting time. What number is today? So this is, let's see, I came in Thursday night. So what would this be? I think this is Seven, day eight, nine? Eight, nine. eight or nine. Yeah. Nine. I think, I think you're right. I think it's day nine. And then there's nine more days. Oh, I know. I just counted. So I'm here because since I'm about to have my seventh C-section, um, I've had a uterine window or dehiscence with my last two C-sections, so I'm at a a higher risk of uterine rupture than most people. Yeah. So they want me, you know, if that happened, if that were to happen, they want to get the baby out within 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, So, you know, they need me here so they can really quickly respond. Everything's been okay since you've been there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything's going, going well. Maternal fetal medicine specialist told me just the other day, he said, I think you're going to make it to 34 weeks to the surgery, and I don't think we're going to have anything crazy yet. So let's hope he's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to, I, oh, you know what? I I made a little list of questions if I ever talk to you again. I wonder what I had in there. How many little ones you have? Yeah. So he's, he's nine months, but yeah, he's still quite small. So it's been really hard to leave him. Yeah. How do you, how do you stay in touch with them? Well, so uh, I do something, I guess, kind of unusual, but because um, all the, the nurses always comment on it when they come in the room, but I kind of keep FaceTime running all day on a computer that I bring with me. So I kind of sit it by the bed and then they, my kids, they turn it on, you know, and my husband's there with them um, and they kind of sit, I guess they have it on the laptop that's sitting that's on, so cute. like on the, yeah, it's like sitting on I the think that's really great. the room. <laughs> I only did two weeks. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And it was hard. Just That was just hard leaving my 16-year-old. Did he, was he able to come visit you? Yeah, he could. I could have one person. Um, they made an exception for people under 18. I could have my kids come in once a week if they were under oh, 18. Oh, good. Yeah. Were, did he come? Yeah. Yeah. He came a couple times. But, I mean, it's not very fun to see your mom lying in the bed no, all hooked up to crack. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's traumatizing in itself, just seeing it. Yeah, really, because that makes it really real, like yeah. there's something could happen to you. Yeah, so it didn't bother me. I didn't really want them to see it. Yeah, definitely. Let me see my questions. <laughs> all I have in here is, what the actual f*** is going on with your doctors? <laughs> and I said, let's review it. Okay, <laughs> that was great. the answer to your last pregnancy was like absolute hell. Your doctor at the time sort of freaked out when he scanned you at your anatomy scan. He did. This was the last yes. one, and you were 40 years old when you conceived him. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So what, tell me what happened with that. So they were with that pregnancy. That was my, that was my sixth child. So with the one before that, with my fifth, they had found a large uterine window um, when they did the C-section. So, I mean, the uterine window, for anyone that doesn't know, is where, you know, your uterus gets so thin from either multiple C-sections or sometimes it's just random. You know, I know I've heard of people that had them after one C-section. Who knows? But yeah. it's so thin that they can see the baby through it. So that's why it's called a window. Interesting. So they knew that was there, though. Yeah. So when they... they you know, when they did the anatomy scan, they were specifically looking to see if they saw it again. They did. So they sent me for an MRI, and that was at 23 weeks. Okay. And I, I think from what they said and what I've learned since, you know, it, windows are something that happen, and they see them when they, you know, do people's C-sections. Uh-huh. It's, it's like, it's not a shocking thing. Right, it's not common, but it's still not yeah. something that's like, oh my goodness. But, um... I think they usually don't see them so soon. So I think the issue with my case was that it was, I was only 23 weeks and they were already seeing this window and it was already, I think at that time, like three centimeters. So my doctors panicked and they, they were like, you know, we've got to get you in the hospital. You could rupture any moment, you know, it was terrible. So I was freaking out. It was really scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was all really sudden. I don't know if you remember, but it was, I do remember. It was like you went in and then you're like, I'm going to the hospital. <laughs> right. It was like just home that and pregnant. Day. And then the next day it was like, all right, we're going to the hospital for like three months. Gosh. Yes. And little... when was that? That was 20. No, it was 2021. It was like June 10th of 2021 was when I went in. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And I stayed until delivery, which was August 23rd. So oh that was gosh. huge. And oh I quickly gosh. got the impression that my doctors just kind of, like, because they said to me, basically, like, we haven't really seen this. We don't really know what to do with it. You know, we feel better with you here. Oh, so that was gosh. kind of that. Um, so you stayed from June 10th, you said, to August 23rd? Yes. Yeah, that's that a correct. long stay. And everything turned out to be okay. I mean, while you were in there, of course, there was COVID still. It was big. And, and he, there was a lot of it on the hall. And, you know, there were a lot of women in any part of it at that time that were COVID positive. And I know that was really stressful for the nurses because, um, you know, they had to, every time they went in those rooms, they had to put yes. on an entire, you know, PPP outfit with like everything from like head to toe. Yeah just to enter the room and you know imagine for those women I mean they couldn't come out of their room and no. only the nurse went in there through the day so that had to be really isolating it must them. have been yes I was just gonna say that would be I mean it's already isolating right but then you have like the yeah. food person I always right? loved the food person <laughs> true it's true and one of them she was so nice even like when I saw her in the NICU when I was staying with like after I had him she like came up and hugged me you were there <laughs> like, a long time now. <laughs> yeah I'm, it's it's true. It's true. It's, yeah, it was very traumatizing having to go in early. Well, it's still unusual. And I mean, you were there two weeks and it's still yeah. a long time. It is a long time to sit in a room. I'm just glad I only had to do two weeks. Yeah, it's still hard though. I mean, because you're just sitting there and especially when you have an issue like you had or I have, you don't, you never know if like something crazy is going to happen, something awful is going to happen. I know. And that's, moment. that's something I also the the nurses every time they come in have you had any bleeding are you are you having any contractions i mean it's a constant reminder and then you know some of them say just outlandish stuff like what are you even saying right now 
Like, well, you should expect it. It's going to happen. It, you should just expect it. And it's just like, what? Don't tell me that. Yeah. I remember one nurse saying um, she was like, the baby was moving when she, because, you know, they would come check his heartbeat every four hours um, with my last pregnancy. They don't do that this time. Oh, gosh. But, um, and she was like, oh, gosh, he might just kick right through your uterus. Oh, so my gosh. And that got gosh. me scared because I was like, wait, can that happen? I mean, and it's just human, you know, human mistake. It's not, not anything any of us don't do, but, but it is tough because I've, I've read other women saying, you know, that is traumatizing when they come in, even when you're in the hospital and you're in a safe place, they're, they're reminding you even more, Right. but at least you are right. in a safe place. Right. And when, when you were there, you were there because of the Procreta. So they wanted you, it was like a similar thing where they wanted you right by the operating room, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Of- scary yeah it is scary it boggles my mind that you stayed there for two and a half months same here it really does and then nick you after that so it was a three-month thing right but he and you were okay with that one he he was pretty much 34 weeks exactly right 34 yeah exactly 34 now and he weighed six pounds seven ounces oh my gosh yeah he's big and healthy yeah (laughs) a lot of women have described how traumatizing that is and I didn't know that sort of thing even happened, you know, when I was having kids before. I had no idea women even went through any of this sort of thing. No, that there's like women sitting in any part of And when I was in there, of course, I'm sure with you now, there's women who have been in there longer or it's in a worse situation or you hear their monitors going off or you hear the nurses rushing in. And it's like, it's not, yeah, it's not a a comfortable place to be. No, or you hear people even like screaming and things like that. I hear that, you know, that's disturbing. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, so you don't so, know what's going on. And you're pregnant again with this one. Right. And it right. happened very quickly, like miraculously. You have very good eggs. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was just a stroke of luck. Like, yeah. A good egg was just sitting there waiting. Well, like, you know, <laughs> it could have something to do with the being pregnant and then just the fact that your body was pregnant. You know what I mean? And, and then yeah. you're ready to go, kind of. Could happen. I think it's a it's a plausible theory. Yeah. For sure. I mean, so you test, I guess. Yeah. But. So with this pregnancy, you got pregnant. Then even earlier this time, you got scared. Right. So it like got earlier and earlier each time. Yeah. So so last time I thought everything was good up until twenty three weeks, and that's when everything yeah. kind of you know went to pieces. But yeah. this time from the very get go, um, I. So I did not go back to the same doctors. Um, I did not feel like they managed my care correctly. Um, I didn't feel like they were experienced with, you know, this issue. I mean, they said that. So it's not like even something that I just deduced. It was like they had said, we don't know what we're doing with this. So I went to a group of high-risk specialists this time. And they were all maternal fetal medicine specialists because I wanted better care. Um, they felt really confident from the get go. I mean, they, at my very first scan at six weeks, they said, they said, you know, your uterus is incredibly thin. There's places we do not see any myometrium. They said, um, they recommended termination, which that just gets me a little bit frustrated and riled up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was repeatedly recommended actually. And I said the first time I said, that's out of the question said absolutely no way like I was almost just kind of hurt and offended anyone would even say that but so but moving on they um 
they said, okay, well, then, you know, what we'll do is we're just going to watch this really closely. Um, and, you know, we'll go based on symptoms. You may wind up in the hospital at some point and okay. we'll do an early delivery. So I was like, okay. okay. So they did a lot of ultrasounds and I think they had me come back maybe two or three weeks later. And I, it was at that one at nine weeks, I think eight or nine that they said, we think you have placenta accretive spectrum, which I mean, yeah. obviously you are yeah. very, very familiar with that. She, so yeah. We're good you, friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, PK. Oh gosh. Right. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. That was, yeah. that's horrible. Yeah, it was. So I was scared. They they told me then they said you're gonna have to have a hysterectomy. Oh. Um, you know, you can expect to bleed and all this and that. So I'm like, Oh my and, gosh. Okay, yeah. Was this the same time they told you that you probably have previa? Yeah, okay. it was. Yes. So they mentioned that and then again they brought up termination. So I'm like, No, no way. <sighs> so you know, plowing forth, we went back for another appointment, ultrasound, and they bring it up again. I'm like, no, at that point, I was gonna, I was, yeah, about to be like, you know, no. if you guys bring this up again, like, I mean, do not. come on, I don't want it in my chart. <laughs> yeah, no, Stop. come on, seriously, my gosh. Yeah, so, you know, we, we carried forth, baby got the oh, panorama, baby came out healthy, healthy little boy. Oh. Um, and they keep saying, they keep doing more scans, keep saying, yeah, it's going to be placenta creta. You know, we're, we're almost positive. And then I think it, I think it was my 19 week. I think it was the anatomy scan when they, they came in and they said. It, and again, you're saying, oh, they say it's placenta creta. And I don't know if listeners really know just what that sentence means. Right. That means your baby is born early no matter what. It means they're taking your uterus no matter what. It means you can't right. have children again no matter what. I right. mean, it's a loaded sentence. Right. right. So, and I mean, that's what you you're dealing with. with. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no. I mean, just I'm just saying that's what you were told. Like, it wasn't just yes. like, oh, you have this. It, it's like a life-changing yes. moment. It's like, th- this is your fertility now. Yeah. It's going to be it's taken. And, right. And you might end up with life-threatening bleeds that could be, you know devastating for both you and the baby and you know right yeah so I'm worried about now both the accreta the window and what's going on with that and then you know the possibility of losing my uterus that really upset me um so I go in at 19 weeks and they they do the scan and they're like you know you you definitely have placenta accreta spectrum we think it's going to be pretty bad definitely going to have a hysterectomy. He said, there's no chance of saving your uterus. And they went ahead and booked it. So I'm like totally coming to terms with that, you know, and I still have this shred of hope. Maybe they're wrong. And so, right. And I'm I'm like finding support groups, scouring the internet for all kinds of information with that. And uh, I go back in, I think, four week, three or four weeks later, they do a scan. They're like, actually, <laughs> we don't think you have placenta accreta anymore. <laughs> okay. What? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can't even be mad because it's news. No, you can't even <laughs> right. be mad. No. I mean, you're right. totally relieved. Yeah. And I remember you saying, were you seen by fellows quite often? Initially, but um, so, they were not the ones doing the diagnosing. Okay, so, so and every time you went, you saw a different doctor, right? I did, and sort of yes, saw, and, and they sort of had differing yes. 
they were different. I mean, doctors are different. We all know that they're very different. It was a teaching hospital. So I was, that was a big problem. So I really like this group that I'm, that is handling my care this time. I think that they're, like I started off by saying, even though they were wrong about this, they did say, I can say in the very beginning, they said, there's a small chance we could be wrong. Because I remember they used this weird expression because it stuck with me. They said, and, you know, if that happens, you know, we'd rather have egg on our face than have missed something. So I guess, you know, full disclosure, they did say in the very beginning, like, there's a tiny chance we could be wrong, but we want to be extra cautious. Oh, yeah. And And probably when they are wrong, it's probably the other direction. I would think so. And I think what may have complicated things this time, because I've read this, but I could be wrong. This has been speculation. I've seen... In a couple other cases, I've read that other women shared online where when you have a really, really, really thin lower uterine segment like I do, the scar tissue gets a strange vascularity that yeah. can actually appear as a creta because I bet. Um, yeah, so after I think six, that maybe what happened. After mm-hmm. six um, cesareans, there's got to be quite a bit of scar tissue. I mean, they can't cut through the same scar, right? I mean, they have to go slightly above it, kind of. So you would have a thicker band of scar tissue, right. I'm there's assuming. But scar tissue. maybe they take some of that scar tissue out the next time. I don't know how they do it. You know, they probably try. I hope they try to clean it up. It's hard to say. I bet you it depends on the doctor and how they... I have thought a lot about my cesarean scar pregnancy, Yeah, how it attached, and then my two that I got pregnant with, Miro and the other one, they were both extremely low, extremely low, uh-huh. like right by my cesarean scar. The, the one that passed away, it was literally almost in the cesarean scar again. So I'm like, oh, wow, I know. And I have read that the embryo is attracted to inflammation. That's why when people get that scratch, that like endometrial scratch, it will attract the embryo. And so I'm just wondering, you know, I'm just like, that's another thing that could go wrong is the cesarean scar. And mine was 15 years prior. Right. That's just crazy. That's such bad luck. I know. It's, it's so, it definitely, and I was never, ever told when I got a cesarean that there was a possibility of a creta. They didn't even mention that back 15 years ago. No, me neither. I don't know if with your more recent ones, if that was ever even brought up. It was. So with the, I remember with the fourth was the first time she brought it up when I was getting prepped to go into surgery, the obstetrician came in and she was like, now, by the way, (laughs) just want to let you know, if you do have an accreta, I'm going to have to do a hysterectomy. I was like, oh, what? What? Huh? <laughs> Wait a minute. What are you talking about? Okay. And she was just like, she was like, it's it's an abnormality with the placenta. It's pretty unusual. I was like, well, wouldn't y'all have seen that? She was like, not necessarily. She said, I just don't want you to wake up. She's like, because I've had this happen and women have to get put to sleep and oh they wake up gosh. and their uterus is gone. Oh and that's kind of traumatizing. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I'm glad you that's were. That's when it was mentioned to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's happening more and more um, these days because of all the cesareans. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, someone's weed whacking. Someone's, well, someone's, someone's weed whacking. Do you guys call it weed whacking? Call, yeah. You know, here's do, my kid. Yes. Someone's doing that. Oh, no. It's so loud. I I know. I'm like halfway in my garage. (laughs) Yeah. So, so then they tell you, yes, it's not, it's not a Carita. They're pretty sure. So first they're pretty, they're almost positive that you have it. And then they're like, you know what? No, you don't. 
Yeah. Right. So I'm grateful. And so, so, and, and we were talking too about, I think the, um, the fellows and the care. So I did start asking to always see an attending when I went. Um, I don't blame you a bit. Yeah. And so with the complexity of my case, I definitely wanted to be sure. I just wanted, I just wanted to talk to an attending at each appointment. Yeah. It is a really large group. So there was, um, I was dealing with getting kind of different opinions from different people, which I guess someone has pointed out to me that there is some value to that because you're getting, you know, a different perspective, which that's true. That's true. true. It was messing with my anxiety though, because I would hear one thing and then I would hear another thing. And so that was really, no, I mean, yeah. When you're dealing with the potential loss of your baby you're carrying and your own life, your anxiety can just, uh, it's not even anxiety anymore. It just turns into something else. Like, like terror. <laughs> pretty much like a living terror from morning until night. You almost have yes. to like try to block it out somehow because you can't even process it. And that's what it was becoming like with this pregnancy, um, especially as I got bigger and bigger towards like the end of the second trimester. Um, I was living in terror. Like at any minute, my uterus was going to just burst open and Know, which sounds a little dramatic. No, but it no, it doesn't. So, right. You know, and but I was, which is maybe stupid, but I was reading stories online for women where that had happened, you know? So I'm like, okay, this is actually a thing that happens. Yeah. And so like, like you said, from the morning, minute I get up in the morning to when I lay down at night, I'm worried. Like this is me the day this happens. Yeah. Um, you know, and one doctor would tell me like, no, you know, I'm not at all concerned. Another one would be like, this looks really bad. You know, gosh. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. This that's what so. that's what bothers me. There at least you I do remember you mentioning they get together once a week and they discuss stuff. So hopefully they become on the same page. But that would just I couldn't handle that very well. Yeah, it was and I guess it was just different opinions, different experience. But I can say I did feel all along, in spite of that, like all of them were very experienced. Yeah. They yeah. knew what they were doing. They cared about my case. And you they did a lot of time and uh, manage to bond, not bond, but you know, connect well, well, yeah, <laughs> connect with one of the doctors. So I did. that was nice. Two of them. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I got them to kind of agree to let me see those, those providers when I would come. So That's that really nice. helped. Um, and, you know, they definitely assured me multiple times, like we see not necessarily your exact case, but similar things yeah. really thin, you know, windows and all this, we see this very frequently. We manage it all the time. It's going to be okay. They've said that to me all along. I mean, this is like a miracle baby and it's nothing that has anything to do with anything other than you. Because can you imagine all of the times someone was like, Oh, you need to terminate or, Oh, this is, I mean, right. out of all of those times, all of those times and people listen to their doctors. Yeah, I, I mean, people listen to their doctors. We're supposed to sort of do that. I sort of rebel a lot. And of course, I, I don't always listen to my doctors, you know, but, right. but people do that. And if you had done that at any time, done what you are, quote, supposed to do, unquote, you wouldn't even be pregnant right now. Right. And here he is. I can like see him in my belly right now. Oh, kicking, you know, gosh. it's just a little person. So there's the other side of that as well. It is very dangerous and it is a personal decision. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I've read stories from women who said, you know, I have a bunch of kids at home. I don't want to risk my own life. You know, I I can, I can see that perspective. It's definitely a traumatizing thing. Um, 
it is. Yeah. It's been very traumatizing. It's been very difficult. But once they finally, I started having pains um, kind of, I guess it was a couple weeks back. Um, and I was going to labor and delivery because I didn't know. I live, you know, about 45 minutes from the hospital. So oh. I didn't know when I would have pain. You know, is this, yeah, with, mm-hmm. with what I had. And what they thought you had, the Previa and the, the right. Frida, you can't even be that far away from the hospital. Right. Like towards the end, you have to be within, I don't know how many minutes, but yeah, you were far away, girl. Yeah, exactly. Like if something started to happen, there's no, no way we could have made it. So, oh my gosh. Um, so I started going into labor and delivery, you know, because I was getting scared. And that's when oh, my doctor said, you know, he said, let's just go on and admit you. He said, I, I think we'd feel better if you're just there. And, yeah. um, so here I am. Here you so. are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I felt a lot better. I mean, I, it's miserable being here on one side of the coin, but on the other side, like a lot yeah. of the anxiety, there's still a little bit, but a lot of it's gone because I true. know, you know, it's I'm here. True. Yeah. And do you feel that's different this time than your last time? Yeah. yeah. It's a different hospital. I have different doctors. I've got a different perspective. Um, yeah. There's definitely a sense of relief. I mean, I think I felt, I don't know. Last time it was so abrupt. Like it was yeah. so, I just went from like a place of like not really worrying to yeah. like, I'm in the hospital and I have this issue. Whereas this time I spent what, like That's five true. or six months, like worrying daily. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? So it felt like a massive relief to get here. Yeah. So that was different. Yeah. Um, For sure. That's good. Yeah. And when's the big day? So it'll be um, not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday. So we've got nine days, so not much longer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And how how is the baby doing? He's doing really well. So he's big. They're estimating him as five pounds, six ounce already. Oh, my gosh. um, Yeah, so I think he's probably bigger than me. He'll probably be about the same size as my other baby, about six and a half pounds, maybe six. I, oh gosh, it's gonna be. I'll be so happy when you're when you're done with that that delivery. Yeah, <laughs> me too. But you know the thing um, for you know anyone that might be having a preemie. Yeah. I guess um, one thing. Hang on, they're coming in the room. Okay, don't hey, worry about it. Hey, oh, I don't need any more. I've got so. <laughs> Thank you, though. <laughs> Thank you. Bringing more cookies. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I guess um, with the preemies, because um, they've mentioned this, and I remember the neonatologist telling me this last time, when they're a little bigger, it can be deceptive because their size, like their body size and their weight has absolutely nothing to do with their lung development. Yes, yeah. So, right. So like everyone's like, oh, he's so I big, know. he's going to do great. And I then know. like, you know, he's still struggling to breathe and it's kind of like, what's wrong? Yeah. So. It's, um, it's true. It's absolutely true. Yeah. They, my doctors were calling them the great pretenders or the big pretenders or something. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> she, they said the same thing to me as well. And it is very true. They, they do still have problems. They do. I would think, I mean, I don't know. You might know this more than me. I would think that it might help a little with like eating or temperature regulation. The Maybe. extra weight. I don't know. Being bigger. I was I don't thinking. Know the one night that they were like, okay, we're going to take him out of the heated, is it an isolate right. and put him in and, you know, in a big boy crib. And I was like, Oh God, yes, it's happening. Ah. And right, that right. night, that night he lost a half of a pound. That's crazy. 
eight, he lost eight ounces in one night. And were they were they like they, yeah or? every three hours they were supposed to be taking his temperature, but those those thermometers are like a penny. Right. I mean, they did yeah, not work. I'm telling you, they it's did like not. In the armpit. They would take his temperature, and it would be one thing, and then I would take it again, and it would be like degree higher. Yeah, so sketchy. We had the same issue. He didn't lose weight like Mero did, but um, he he his temperature started dropping. Uh, and, yeah, no, it's so yeah. scary. Thirty four, thirty three weeks. It's too early. Thirty five weeks. It's too early. I was right. when I was doing all my research back then. I when when I was going through it. Um, I remember reading they're trying to push the the preemie, the late preemie age to 39 weeks. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because wow. babies just need to be in as long as they can, unless right. there is a medical reason otherwise. Right, right. But they're they, yeah, they're, the they're preemies. And I, I did recently just comment on a woman's Instagram post. She's a NICU uh, account, like really great support and advice for NICU moms. Yeah. And I always feel a little bit like there's a void for the late preemie moms because most of them do well and they don't have the massive like physical trauma, but it's like, I don't know really of any support for, for us. Yeah. Because we did have a preemie. We did have a preemie, but gosh, we're so lucky that they weren't born earlier. Right, so you don't get that like immense support of like oh no you don't week baby no you don't and because they look even, good they right yeah and even when you go in like the preemie support groups it's almost like there's a stigma like, and if you don't <laughs> feel the stigma I mean you put it on yourself because I mean right, you can't really right. just be like you know to a mom who spent six months in the NICU and their twenty four weeker has cerebral palsy and right and a and a right. tube in their stomach to eat you can't just go oh, I'm really upset I'm that I had a preemie. It's, you know, it is, it's true. You can't. It's true. My son, he's 14 months and he was affected by being in the NICU. I told you he has an obsession with cords. I'm telling you, it is an obsession. Yeah. So that came from all the, I think all the, so. That's what I think. Yeah. But he the had. In the NICU. That's wild. Other stuff yeah. too, you know, I mean, being born a preemie, he had, his digestive system wasn't developed all the way. He threw up all the time. He didn't poop for like 10 days at a time. Oh my he, gosh. Yeah, yeah, he had reflux. He was on medicine for 10 months. And it's like all of this comes along with a late preemie and we just, it would be nice if we had a, a late preemie support groups, you know. I think you're right. That's a really good point, too. Yeah. yeah that, Nothing wrong with that. And that the NICU exist. groups are great. The, I love the NICU groups still, but they, I it's still different. can't relate too much of it. Yeah. Right. It's a different set of issues, I yeah. think, that we're yeah. dealing with. When, yeah. Yeah. You're right. At 33, 34, even 35 weeks versus yeah. these people, you know, with the much earlier babies. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's that's something someone should someone should do that. Yeah, someone um, out there be, should. <laughs> yeah, I can't do anymore. Gonna, it's not gonna be me. But. It's not gonna be me either. <laughs> yeah, I'm like maxed out here doing all of this stuff. I've like, I've got a full time plus job that I'm not getting paid yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah, you do. I and can't. Yeah, and once I after we leave the NICU, I don't ever wanna. I don't wanna 
I don't want to like have anything to do with preemie discussion. Like I'm going to be done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, except here or there, but I definitely don't want to be like in a group. Yeah. And, and I, I'm fine now, but I, I have been thinking about that. It's definitely a need that's there. Yeah. It's a really good idea. Yeah. You're so full of good ideas. Yeah, we'll see. I'm waiting for the last couple to start. I just wish I could get more people to hear the podcast. It's like without dumping a little bit more money in and advertising about it, which I can't do. I mean, that seems absurd. I don't think there's enough people out there to do that. I just think women would really appreciate it if they knew it was there. I mean, you're doing something so like even when I've heard other hearing other women speak is so valuable because people say things and they're speaking like feelings or experiences that you've had or you know feelings that you've had and it makes you feel like okay I'm not so alone in this like yeah I'm not crazy I'm not weird I'm not crazy I'm not the only one that thought this and that's valuable when you're going through this and you're giving people an outlet for this so well yeah I appreciate everyone who's who's signed up to, to talk about their journeys. Yeah. Well, I think what it's you're exciting. doing is really, really valuable here. If you could, if you could get it out to reach more people, I mean, gosh, yeah, there's just so much. I know it's, I guess just slowly. That's all you can do is yeah. slowly, I guess. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I don't, I still wish, cause I love data and statistics. I wish we had statistics of like how long it takes other people's podcasts to grow. Like what is the trajectory? You yeah. know? And this is a um, small, smaller group it's a very small like an niche category yeah. yeah it really is thank you for filling us in and, and talking about those experiences I'm really glad I got to talk to you about that thank you for having me back and um you know who knows maybe there'll be more to talk about down the line <laughs> you never know I still don't know if that you know the, the hysterectomy is still a possibility they don't know if they'll be able to fix my uterus or not so he I'll thinks make- he will that's good but yeah okay well thank you so much okay sounds good all right take care Bye. Bye. bye thank you so much for joining me if you'd like more information please go to www.notriggerwarnings.com check it out subscribe it's totally free and it lets me know that i'm reaching people i'll see you next saturday